welcome to this episode of the Gospel Project for Adults Weekly Leader Training Podcast. I'm Daniel Davis, the team leader for the Gospel Project for Adults. This week we are on Unit 20, Session 2, titled The Sun Offers Living Water. Previously, we were in John Chapter 3, examining Jesus' nighttime conversation with Nicodemus, a Pharisee. In John Chapter 4, where we will be this week, Jesus encountered someone and had a conversation during the day. Jesus was returning home to Galilee after some time spent in Judea. Instead of going around the region of Samaria, as Jews of the day were prone to do, Jesus went through it. While in Samaria, he stopped at a well and interacted with a Samaritan woman who was known for her immoral lifestyle. In this unique conversation, Utilizing metaphor and direct theological teaching, spanning the subjects of water, worship, and waywardness, Jesus promised that he could give this Samaritan woman living water, which in the Gospel of John is a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. And this water that Jesus could give would completely satisfy her deepest longings. Jesus promised the Samaritan woman that all who believe in him receive living water, the Holy Spirit, who completely satisfies the longings of the heart and enables true worship of God in spirit and in truth. In point one, we see that the sun gives living water. If you have access to the leader pack, whether digital or print, you should be able to show the region of Samaria on pack item two, Jesus's early years map. And it will be helpful for your group to explain the origin of the Samaritan people and the reason for the Jews' animosity toward them. The sidebar on leader page 94 and the content of the commentary on page 95 will provide you with information to do so. Without any inhibition, Jesus speaks directly and intentionally with the Samaritan woman, which takes her aback. She even says in verse 9, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? And John clarifies the situation for his readers, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. This dynamic grounds the question in this point about types of people we might find it difficult with whom to share the gospel of Jesus. But following Jesus' example, his disciples, us, ought to move past such societal barriers to make Jesus known far and wide. As part of this point, Explain Jesus' metaphor of living water as referring to the gift of the Holy Spirit. The commentary points out that John 7 verses 38 through 39 make this connection explicit. The gifts of salvation from sin and eternal life are gifts from God that result from the work of the Son and then the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers. In point two, we see that the sun enables true worship. We skip a few verses in the narrative as we move to point two. The Samaritan woman asks for the living water Jesus offers, and it seems that she is still under the impression Jesus is referring to physical water. Jesus then replies with a leading request that she go call her husband to come and join their conversation. She, of course, replies that she doesn't have a husband which gives Jesus the opportunity to proclaim the truth of her situation. She has had five husbands, and is now with a man who isn't her husband, 
This feeds into the woman's comment at the start of the passage for point two. She perceives Jesus as a prophet who has supernatural insight and speaks the truth. So she jumps topics, possibly to move attention away from herself. But she brings up a burning theological issue that factors into the distinction between the Jews and the Samaritans. And that issue is the proper place for the worship of God. Curiously, Jesus' answer affirms the theological grounding of the Jews, but then quickly shifts that foundation. Jesus declares that salvation is from the Jews because they have the fuller revelation of God in the law and the prophets. The Samaritans only held to the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. But Jesus goes on to say that while Jerusalem has been the proper place for the worship of God, as prescribed in the law and the prophets, that geographical restriction was passing away because Jesus had come. Now, the worship of God is not restricted to a place, but is bound only by the parameters of spirit and truth. God is spirit. He does not have a body like human beings. This informs our understanding of God's attribute of omnipresence. He is everywhere, and everywhere to be worshipped. We, of course, worship Him through our physical bodies, but we can only do so through souls that have been raised to life by the Holy Spirit. So, we worship in spirit. But we also worship in truth, reflecting the totality of God's revelation that teaches us who God is, what He has done, and how we ought to worship Him. So, we worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In point three, we look at the teaching of Jesus that the Son provides an abundant harvest. We skip a few more verses getting into this point. Jesus declares definitively to the Samaritan woman that he is the promised Messiah. His disciples rejoin him after going into town to buy food, and the Samaritan woman goes into town herself to call on the people there to come and see Jesus. So in the woman's absence, Jesus converses with his disciples, teaching them about the mission that he is modeling and calling them to. When the disciples returned, they were amazed to see Jesus, a Jew, talking to a Samaritan woman, just as she was. But Jesus makes it clear that this is why he has come, to share the good news of his gospel with people from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. This is his food. This is his bread and butter. Quote, to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, unquote. If his disciples would look beyond their prejudices, beyond the artificial walls of their culture, then they would recognize the plentiful harvest just waiting to be reaped by those who share the gospel of Jesus and hold out the hope of eternal life through faith in Jesus and the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the Samaritan woman that a day was coming when worshipers would not focus on the physical location of their worship, but would worship God in spirit and in truth. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, our worship is no longer confined by geography. Jesus is the better sacrifice and the better temple. He came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it and to supersede it with a better covenant. Therefore, we worship Jesus as the Savior of the whole world wherever we are, 
knowing that God always indwells us. Because Christ satisfies our deepest longings for salvation from sin and the gift of eternal life, we believers should worship Him as a way of life, praying that God might use us to draw others to Himself so that their thirst for living water might be quenched as well. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.